0: welcome one welcome all welcome back to the show guys the show trying to break down barriers and try to help us reach our own self-actualization today we have an interesting guest not only is this guy a podcaster but he's a truther a mindfulness teacher and a coaching guide he's another human that realized that part of the purpose that we're here is to help one another and i love that so many people scramble around their lives trying to make money Trying to become famous trying to get all this pride and ego to inflate but they forget it's really about helping one another i love how in the bible uh, jesus told his disciples that that's what we're here to do to help each other and he washed their feet you know him being the master the greatest of all he knelt down and washed the feet of his friends and then he also goes along uh, further down the bible he says those who are first will be last and those who are last will be first so just a little Segment of that, but yeah, today we have an awesome guy. He is the host of the show Boundless Authenticity, which I've been listening to, and I love it. Um, I love how I've seen the evolution of his show, how he's progressed. You know, he started with basic equipment, and then you know he really got into it. And he said, you know, this is got I got to step up my game, and now he has video on his podcast, and his audio sounds superb. So without any further ado, I'd like to introduce to y'all your comrade and mine, Mr. Jehan Satar. How you doing, brother?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Um, your name is very rare. I haven't heard a name like that. Where are you from, brother? Or where's your family from?
1: So I was born in Barbados and the name really was just um, out of necessity. My mom wanted to call me Jonathan at first. And then she was like, that sounds too plain so what happened is my aunt actually wrote a book on baby names really and she uh, i guess she must have given her a copy of the book to read and um she looked in and she was looking through the j list and saw this and she said that sounds more like it so that's how i ended up with the name and does it mean anything special it means god is gracious oh oh that's awesome
0: i love it and are you living there now
1: Still? Yeah, I'm currently living here at the moment.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Man. Yeah, Buenos uh, Barbados, that's uh, near South America, right? It's kind of like an island?
1: Yeah, Barbados is the very last on the island chain in the Caribbean Sea.
0: Oh, I'm looking at it right now on the maps. It's so strange, brother. You're like in the middle of the ocean.
1: Exactly. Uh, Barbados is exactly in the middle of both the Atlantic Ocean and the Caribbean Sea.
0: Oh, this is a little spooky, man. I'm getting liminal thoughts, like, I don't know, but it's awesome. It's an island. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, I mean, the beach is amazing. Um, That's our our main selling point, honestly. Mm. Lots of sun, sea and sand. Lots of tourism? Yeah, tourism is our main source of foreign
0: exchange. Mm. Yeah, so earlier, we were speaking just earlier, and um, I mentioned, I saw your aquarium that you had back there, it looks pretty badass, it's lit up blue, Um, I've always wanted one, but I've never really gotten into it, and then I asked you about it, so tell us how you got into um, fish and aquariums and just having them around.
1: (laughs) That was an accident, Um, so there's a lot of people around here who are very poor, and uh, the kids and stuff, they look for things to do. To make money and so there's a pond right across the street from me where uh fish breeders will dump their uh strains that they're they're not using anymore
0: uh-huh.
1: and the kids will go and fish them out and so one day in, in November these kids came knocking at my door and they're like hey mister you want some fish and I saw their faces and they look kind of sad and I saw the fish and the fish look kind of sad <laughs> and I said okay so I just gave them 50 bucks and said give me all the fish you got. Oh, so.
0: that's awesome, man. I bet you they were so happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were pretty happy about it. The fish were happy, too. Uh,
0: yeah. And uh, have you gotten more since then, or you just kept those?
1: Um, Basically, I've learned a lot about fish breeding. I mean, I, I had fish when I was a kid, so I already knew a lot about it. My dad used to keep fish mm. in a huge aquarium when I was a kid, but I wasn't allowed to touch anything. Oh. So he actually... Um, he's dead now, but I have one of his books on tropical aquarium fish so I learned everything there was about fish keeping real quick and they've just been happy and making lots of babies
0: that's cool man I wonder if you could get to a point where you could have a farm and kind of just eat your own I haven't never heard of anything like that I know people garden and stuff but I don't I don't think I've heard of people just having their own fish
1: what's something if people actually have started doing that here um, tilapia farms.
0: Oh, yeah? Like regular people yeah. at their
1: homes? Uh, not regular people at their homes, but some people out in the country and stuff have made these farms where they actually grow trees, fruit trees and vegetables and stuff like that. And they use what the, the fish poo. They call it a fancy name, fish emulsion or something like that, or mm-hmm. something really weird. And they use all the, the water and the uh, waste from the fish to keep the plants uh, nourished.
0: Oh yes, I've heard of something like that. That's awesome. I don't I don't know, understand why they don't impli- implement something like this here cuz they're growing fish and uh, plants at the same time and it's growing in symbiosis. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awesome.
0: So do, is there any uh, is there a different language in Barbados or is it just English as well?
1: No, the language is English. Okay, cool.
0: That's awesome. So uh, tell me a little bit about your childhood and about yourself and what it's like to be there and and what it it was that brought you to what you do now, which is speaking, and that's kind of how you make your living.
1: Oh, man, Uh, my childhood sucked, dude. (laughs) Honestly, I, I always try to be very transparent about the way things are here because people see uh, these images on television or maybe they're watching an episode of friends and it's glamorized that somebody's going to Barbados on vacation and stuff like that. But even when you come to visit, you don't see the truth. You only go to the tourist version. Right. And things are very tough here for the average person. I mean, the unemployment rate is up. And, um, when I was growing up, it wasn't as bad as it is now. And I think that the entire globe is, suffering in some way as a result of, you know, the powers that shouldn't be implementing certain uh, agendas and whatnot. But back then it was still tough growing up because um, we were a developing country and we didn't have all this technology and we didn't have all these different solutions to problems. Mm -hmm. And, um, the majority of people were just trying to get out of the country. In fact, I, I should say, there the majority of people are just trying to get out of the country as it is now, and go to other places because there's a, a cap on the things that you can do for yourself. Right. So I always knew that if I wanted to make anything of myself, I had to find a way to get out of the country. And I grew up in a home where my dad was an alcoholic and verbally abusive, and uh, I had to learn to stand up for myself and for my mom in, at a very early age. And, you know, he would call me and be very verbally abusive. Even when he moved out, he, it would still be drama all the time that I had to deal with. And by the time I was about 17 or so, I was just completely burned out with having to deal with the bullshit. Mm. And um, I, I became a musician, started playing in, in bands at 14 years old. And that made me an outcast because um, nobody wanted anything to do with the weird kid who played rock and roll. And people would call me satanic and all kinds of different things because it's a a religiously dominated country. And it's that kind of Christian where if you don't do what their version of the Bible says... For some reason they're reading a completely different version of the Bible than you and me <laughs> <laughs> and you know they've got the vengeful God that wants to kill everybody for everything yeah, version I, never, of
0: the, I never understood the Bible. that type of God
1: yeah it's <clears throat> it's a, a real strange phenomenon so basically everything about me was wrong and then growing up in those times even up until now racism is still a very uh, big thing here and you'll find that people are very clicky so when I say that, what I mean is, like, when I was growing up, uh, the white kids at school would congregate with the white kids, the brown kids would hang out with the brown kids, and the black kids would all be together on one side. And I never felt like that was necessary or understood it either way. So I would always be bouncing between all the other kids, and I would kind of get shunned hmm. for, you know, especially by the black kids. By uh, I would get, I'd get shunned because... I didn't see anything uh, being important about color Hmm, and you know, I'm a mutt. I'm mixed with all kinds of different uh, races and stuff like that. So I just bounced between all the other kids. I never saw anything wrong with it. And so I was very much ostracized for basic things, the color of my skin, the music that I liked, things I was interested in doing, the direction that I wanted to take my life. And, um, that just played a role in feeling very suppressed and made me miserable you know I I ended up being very depressed and suffered with anxiety and all these different things when I was younger and uh almost died a bunch of times as well because I was um I was a really bad asthmatic when I was born and that took me out I mean something as simple as the flu who had the potential to end my life and I almost did like three times already, hmm. and um, basically just dealing with being gaslit and uh, cussed out by everybody here uh, because of the things that I wanted to do with my life. I just got tired of it, and I tried to commit suicide like three times, oh, and it you know it didn't work. And I finally reached a point where I was like, Jesus, I can't even kill myself right. <laughs> and it was like, when those words left my mouth as hilarious as it is, that made it real for me. Right. Wow. And I realized that I had to do something to change. Mm-hmm. I realized that I was playing just as much of a problem in everything that I was seeing going on around me. And... um It wasn't long after that that I started working out and getting my life together and then a lady contacted me and she was like, hey, I love your guitar playing, I'd love to be able to help you and so that lady, um, she worked for a radio station in Seattle or something like that. And she was able to help me get my visa to travel to the United States and then I went off to Nashville, Tennessee and basically began my initiation (laughs) and uh that's the condensed version of it i think
0: did you how did you meet this lady is she like a tourist tourist touristing over there
1: no um she saw my music on facebook because back then i was all over the internet back then i was doing really well anybody that listens to like alternative rock they probably know who breaking benjamin is and uh, my name was getting up there on you know number two position in a list of top guitarists that you've got to hear oh, shit. and stuff like that, you know, with bands like that. And um, I was doing well for myself. I, I, I was in such a low period of my life that I was unable to see that I was actually doing that well. So I felt at the time like things were just coming out of left field. But it kind of saved me because I think if I I didn't have that experience, I would have been I would gone right back to being really depressed.
0: That's very fascinating that that woman, well, she didn't stumble into you because you were kind of big, I guess, back then, but that she gave you that opportunity. And coming back to what you were saying earlier about those kids, that they're trying to make money finding fish, and then just talking about the situation where you live, there's not a lot of opportunity there. And then I just love it that people find their gifts. For example, for you, it's speaking and, and music. And um, I just think it's it's very interesting how a lot of people... They kind of just depend to fall into a job that will sustain them, but I love people that go out of their own way and build themselves up, uh, harness a skill, and this skill can be used to get you out of poverty and, and it got you to travel and do all these amazing things. And then I want to come back to, uh, you are talking about your childhood and how it was kind of maybe traumatic. And that's the thing I've noticed with a lot of truthers or just people who are really um, unique and speak who they are and have character. They had messed up childhoods. I mean, I'm sure you heard on podcast... Um, All the comedians always speak about how their childhood was messed up. And I think that's something that we have to go through to sort of awaken and to see what's really going on in the world and to kind of put our stake on the ground and say, this is who I am and I don't care. And um, kind of brings me back also to something from Westworld. I don't know if you've seen the show Westworld on HBO.
1: No, I don't watch TV at all. I'm familiar with what Westworld is, though.
0: Okay, that's great. I applaud you for that. Um, but I, I'm always in media because my thing is showing people the truth inside of media. So um, on Westworld, it's basically about these robots, and they're becoming conscious. They're waking up. And at one part of the show, uh, the creator who invented them, he realized that the way you wake up uh, basically a robot, you ha- you have them experience trauma or issues or problems, And through this constant going of problems, the mind, like, it kind of wakes up and it says, I don't want to have any more of this. What do I do to, like, get myself out of this? And this is kind of like that initial steps to becoming, um, I don't know, just knowing yourself and not taking shit from people and and carving out your own path. And that's essentially what you've done, brother, and I applaud you. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, uh, back to what you were saying, suffering isn't a requirement for growth. However, it's one of the best platforms that a person can have. And I think that people are too busy getting caught up in the concept of something is wrong with me, something's wrong with the world, something's being done to me. And they use that as another reason as to why they can't actually do anything to change themselves, because the most important thing that you can do is change yourself. You're the only person that you have any control over whatsoever. And so while we might be herded like sheep on the human farm, we can only do something about that by not complying to that order of things and do our own thing.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, amazing. And then also to bring it back to what you were saying, I mean, it, it might be, if it's uncomfortable for you to talk about your suicide um, attempts, um, I've always wondered about that because, I mean, to go through something like that, but the way I've heard it explained by somebody is they, they said it is that somebody who actually does something like that is because they're in so much pain that would rather just end themselves than to continue feeling that pain. Uh, could you tell us what, what was your mentality or what was going on through your mind when this was happening?
1: It was exactly that. Uh, I couldn't see any way out because there's something about this place that is special in a very dark way where every attempt that you make to better yourself and find a way out, it becomes like crabs in a bucket. Other right. people will try to pull you down, mm-hmm. and the the country of itself has this energy that it will suck you back in. It's very difficult to do basic things and, what and is- like get Sorry. like get your passport or things like that. It's very difficult, and it just it, it's like if anybody that's familiar with the concept of an egregore, It's difficult to push against an energy structure, and it's also difficult when you're swinging from it. So that leaves you in the only position that you can be in, which is to not pay any attention to it at all. And at that time, I wasn't aware of that. And every attempt that I made to get out of here, it didn't work out. Uh, A lot of the bands that that I was in, they were all breaking up and stuff. And I realized that I have no idea who I am when everything is gone. And that just left me just feeling completely broken down and with no place to go because people were genuinely just very mean and nobody was very interested in hearing what my problems were. So I tried to reach out to a lot of people and they would just tell me to F off, honestly. And that left me feeling like I had no other options And I just didn't want to be here anymore. And that's a real dark place to be in, like, to to describe exactly what it is. There's not enough words.
0: Right, right. And then that makes me also think of this um, thing that they say that when people in San Francisco, they go to kill themselves, they jump off this one spot. And uh, sometimes some people survive. And then they say that the people who try to kill themselves when they actually fail they're kind of like, or when they jump, they're kind of like, oh no, why did I do this? Like there's always that last re- regret when they're like, no, no, I don't, th- this is wrong, I shouldn't have done this. And then uh, it's amazing sometimes how people who do do that try to kill themselves, but then they, they find a way out. And then it's beautiful to see how they kind of evolve into a butterfly and they they go out there to help others. And this is what you're doing, brother. I love it. Your whole Instagram, your site, everything that you do is to coach and to help people help themselves. And I think that's what we're all here to do. And it it bothers me when on on Snapchat or TikTok or Instagram, the biggest things are usually the dumbest and stupidest things that don't raise your consciousness. It's usually just either girls shaking their ass or sports or money or cars and things that, they have value in on themselves, but they don't add value to you or to who you are or your character, it's just, shiny things they wave in front of us to kind of make us feel important but I think the most important things are the things that you really can't touch like love or friendship or happiness these aren't commodities these are things you you work for and you get and, and you earn them you don't just get them through money you don't just buy them cheating them cheating your way into it you have to earn it to to get to this place where you're at peace and and calm with yourself and your family and I love it brother. And like you were talking about the victim mentality uh, and that crab um, method where when you try to do better, why do you think it is that people try to pull you down? Like uh, if there's a kid in a neighborhood and he's trying to study and do good, his friends will come and try to kind of derail him and try to get him to do drugs. Why do you think that is this human trait that we have?
1: You know, that one is difficult to nail down because some people do it because they can't see past the point that they're at. And so they can't see for you what you're talking about when you want to achieve certain things with your life. To them, they're limited in their thinking and therefore they want to limit you. And then there are other people who purposely want to get you into drugs and things like that. I've experienced that firsthand because they're jealous.
0: Right, Right. They
1: don't like themselves. And the extent to which they despise themselves, they secretly despise everybody else and they want to go around tearing everybody else down into little pieces so that it makes them feel much better about their shitty lives. And I've experienced that, you know, I experienced that in every arena that I've ever been in, whether it was at school, with my family members, in music even in the coaching and the truth community, I tend to stay away from other coaches and away from other truth tellers, because I have found that a lot of them are very dirty and very underhanded. And it's actually just about them doing what they want to do and looking important and regurgitating narratives and counter narratives and saying all the things that everybody else is saying. And then within that, you'll find that it's very empty and there's no solution as to how you can help people right and there's no real expertise they're just regurgitating things that david ike has said or jordan maxwell has said or uh, someone else like that right and it's it's the crabs in the bucket thing so i you know i've been what i what i found about the truth is that it's a very high vibration and as soon as you start telling it all the way unashamed unafraid with no uh, you know, no cares about what people think about you and you're doing it absolutely authentically. And when you've mastered uh, anything like in music or where I, you know, I, I I wouldn't say I've mastered those things, but I've reached a certain level of mastery that beyond that, there's more to strive for, but it sets me apart from other people when it comes to being able to deliver a message with a certain amount of weight, a certain amount of power and a certain amount of... Uh, congruency and consistency and authority once you reach that point people will start to shun you you'll figure out who is real and who isn't very Mm -hmm. quickly in Mm -hmm. any arena right and i've experienced that even in the truth community i've had my show removed from podcasts or had my uh not my show had me speaking my episode removed from other podcasts oh, wow. and you know been blocked and stuff like that and you know the person was or people were smiling in my face and all kinds of stuff like that and you know it's always like that in any arena so i would just tell anybody out there that just as long as you are on target with what's true keep going because you're gonna find that kind of resistance no matter what it is you're doing you know
0: yeah exactly exactly that that reminds me of one thing i always tell people um the haters haters are nothing but unrealized potential they see somebody doing good and they can't see themselves doing it because they don't see that they're they have the power in themselves too but they're either lazy or they just go with their quick instinct which is to hate once they hate you they get angry and then they want to pull you down like that crab and man and it's true in the truth community as well i've kind of come across that i've tried to I remember there's one guy I was gonna do a, a podcast with, and he said you're not trolling me or anything. And I and I asked him, no, what do you mean? And he told me that he's had a couple of people that kind of tell him, hey, come on to my show, and the only reason they bring him on is to either talk shit to him or kind of like make fun of the truther community. And I was thinking, is there really people out there like doing that stuff? Like, not only not only hating on the truth, but then. Bringing people on to make fun of them, and I just, man, it's so crazy how the humans can be, how how cold they can be, when someone's just trying <laughs> yeah. to do good for, when someone's just trying to do good for themselves, they they shoot them down. It's like, man, that's one thing. I don't know if it's something that's coming down from capitalism, because capitalism is usually competition. The best one comes to, rises to the top, and I wonder, I don't know, I don't know what form of um, economic system is the one. But I think if we were to implement in schools that it's not about competition but cooperation, if we taught or we had a system that benefited or just showed people that there's more to gain with cooperation, we could ins- we could change the world. But it's that mentality of we I want to be better than you, and if I see you getting ahead of me, I'm going to pull you down. And it's just like nah, man, that's not how things operate.
1: And yeah, that's if- absolutely it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I, I want to talk about how then you started your podcast. What was it that made you feel like you had to start doing this?
1: Well, you know, I've been doing the the coaching um, for going on nine years now. And it's been a slow build. And I finally reached a point last year where people were like, man, whenever you speak, it's so interesting. You should get your own podcast. So what happened was I started making the first episode and i was talking for like 20 minutes or so and i was like man this is a boring ass podcast (laughs) and so i just decided you know what can i do to make this more interesting and i realized that people love to eavesdrop on conversations yeah uh they're less likely to get involved in a monologue but if two people are exchanging information even if it's garbage information they'll tune right in so I just reached out to a couple of people who were on my Instagram uh, to see if they would like to come on and talk, and it just kind of went from there.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love the first episode. You had this one guy. Uh, I really liked what he was talking about. He was talking about mindfulness and just uh, the way he talks, the way both of y'all talk and conversation. Like you said, um, it's very rare to find um, true, honest conversations because everything on TV is scripted. You can tell it's fake. But it's very rare now. And it's interesting how I think podcasting is the next thing. People are realizing that they want true, intimate, real connection with people, not fake, um, scripted. um. You can tell it's fake when it's on TV. It's all like reality TV, essentially. But this is what humans basically grew up on. This is the oldest profession, just telling stories around the campfire. And we're just talking and sharing our experiences. And it's so simple yet. I feel so great. Uh, I feel so much gratitude that I discovered podcasts because before I would listen to music, and I, it, it got tiring. and um, it is actually, I worked at a machine shop at night, so we had a whole a lot of time to to just do nothing. We just set up the machines to cut whatever material and just kind of chill the rest of the time. And I got tired of music. So I started listening to speeches from uh, Martin Luther King, Kennedy. Um, just looking at different speeches. And one day I came across Joe Rogan, and this was before, um, way before when he was real into conspiracies and all that. And I heard him and I was like, the things he was talking about, I was like, yeah, man, how come I never hear about any of this stuff on TV or any of my friends talking about it? This is so fascinating. And I discovered who he was and I listened to his podcast. And then from there I stemmed out and started actually looking for spiritual podcasts, uh, conspiracy podcasts, just different different things that I never thought people were actually talking about. And it's like, kind of like BitChute. Now BitChute is the place where you get the real stuff. YouTube is kind of like the TV now. It's just uh, corporate controlled stuff. And they erase you if you say something that they don't like. And so, yeah, this brings me back to your podcast. Um, You said you started off with your teachings, your coaching, and you have an awesome coaching um, seminars and just uh, classes that you offer that people can reach you. What made you start that?
1: what made me start with the coaching yeah yeah well you know this is where i usually tell my story about my what i like to call angel moments because i was at a gig one night many years ago and i was talking to the sound engineer i was telling him how everything's supposed to be set up and stuff and um this guy this really tall guy taps me on the shoulder and he says hey I noticed you have an incredible affinity for leadership. Have you ever heard of coaching? And he kind of interrupted me in mid-conversation. So I looked at him and I kind of gestured to him. I said, one second. And I finished my conversation with the sound guy. And when I turned around to talk to the guy and say, hey, do you want to go get a drink and talk about coaching? I'd love to know more about that. He was gone. And I looked through the entire bar for this guy. And he was just gone. And it was so bizarre to me that I immediately went home and was like hmm let's figure out what coaching is and so it uh came up on google with you know personal trainers and stuff like that and then i saw tony robbins and i was like oh yeah i have heard of this guy before mm-hmm. and uh you know i've seen him in shallow hell <laughs> which is which is a real strange movie but um I'd gotten exposed to that before that. And I got to say this, I got to give a big shout out to uh, this lady. She's no longer with us, Tina Ejeli. She was a fitness competitor. And, um, you know, all of her friends were like IFBB pro bodybuilders and stuff like that. And so like 12 years ago, when I was first trying to make a a change in my life, uh, another thing that just kind of happened over Facebook, she messaged me and she was like, you know, I really love your music and stuff. I want to help you. Uh, and she's, she was, started asking me what she can do for me. And I said, well, you know, I'm really fat. I'd like to lose some weight and, you know, get on my feet. And she just took the reins from there. And was like, okay, this is what you got to do. I'll send you some protein. The lady sent me like 600 bucks worth of uh, supplements. Wow. All the way from Florida. On her own dime. Paid for everything. Wow. And uh, you know, she's living with a roommate and stuff that was endorsed by a bunch of fitness companies. And they all got together and put all the best stuff together for me and sent it over. And uh, she'd sent me a DVD by Wayne Dyer to watch. And she said, listen, watch this. She's like, I know you're depressed and everything. It's going to be a tough road out, but I just want you to watch this and consider the stuff that he's talking about. Mm. And so I did that. And at the time, uh, I guess it must have been the right timing because I watched it and it changed my life forever. And then I realized, wait a minute, my mom's got books by this guy knocking around the house. Mm. And I just kind of dug into her book stash and that completely shifted everything that was uh, going on in my life for me. So through reading, I learned to transcend a lot of things and that became a slow build that led me to eventually leaving and then having that angel moment so it came full circle and i realized you know this is something that i feel like i've been pulled towards uh my whole life because i've always tried to help people as much as i can even though i wasn't getting any help when i needed it Mm -hmm. i never let that you know dull my ability to reach out and touch people where i could and I just I just wanted to do it. I felt deep in my heart, this is something I have to do. And so I went and I took some certification from the Life Mastery Institute. And I just kind of went from there. And um, what I realized about it though, was that it's another one of these things that's like an offshoot of the psychology industry that's really, it's, it's a cult. It's the cult of personal development. And so if you ever read all of the personal development books, you will notice that they're all saying the same thing. It's our constantly regurgitated narrative. Right. And my spidey senses caught on to all that. And I just started researching things and I realized exactly what it was. It was another way to keep people in a cycle of disempowerment by giving them the truths of the universe and the truths of life and changing your life but don't really give them any solutions right Yes. and don't put them in a a, like a solution focused mindset or anything like that it's just about getting you to pay a thousand dollars for a coaching session right and that kind of pissed me off and i'm the kind of person that once i get a whiff of something wicked happening i'll go all the way in and investigate so i realized that if i was gonna use this as a platform to help people I had to do a lot of research and that was when I started diving back into the Conspiracy theories and things like that and I realized that my knowledge of those things Was actually pushing me in a particular direction which was learning everything there was about the subconscious mind And so in order to do that I had to go and learn all about the mental health uh, industry all of the tools and the techniques that are used all about anxiety and depression. So I had to go and learn psychology. I had to go and learn hypnotherapy. I had to learn all these different things. And I realized that the subconscious mind is the target. And so I just started getting into, how can I get people to expose the contents of their subconscious mind and get them a shift Mm -hmm. somehow and, and get them to be their own hero and not rely on me You know, keep coming back to session after session with me and just me telling them what to do. And um, that's pretty much how I got into the whole coaching thing. So it wasn't longer than a year or so that I fell down the rabbit hole and realized something's not right with this either. And I started to design my own way of doing things, you know.
0: Yeah, I love it, brother. See, and that's the thing I've noticed with people like us and the people who are trying to help others like you said we see something we catch a whiff of something and we go out of our own way and investigate we'll go down rabbit holes we'll stay up late researching and nobody's paying for us to do this nobody's telling us to do this but we're doing it out of our own volition and it's just like man if you if people just everyone just did that if you got a hunch or feeling about something weird and just digged into it keep digging keep digging and figure out why then you come to this whole realization. For me, I think that at the end of the day, it's all really spiritual warfare. It's all about stealing your attention either through movies, television, um, um, whatever things like cars or or movies and, and money. All that stuff is just used to keep your eyes off the ball. And the ball really is, like we keep saying, just helping one another, raising our consciousness. And so this leads me to what we're... I was watching, I was going through your stuff, and I applaud you, brother. You have links upon links upon links on your Instagram. I love it. I went to go check out all your stuff, and um, one thing that really fascinated me, I clicked on the link you had about, you won't believe how the subconscious mind works. And it takes me to this video on Bitchute that you posted, which is awesome, and it's about, it's exposing how mentalists, how these guys who really know how the mind and the brain operates, They can manipulate you and get you to do their bidding without you even realizing it. And this is the thing that I've noticed in television, ever since I was a little kid, I would watch TV and movies and I would say, this is not just a movie, they're trying to get me to think a certain way, they're trying to put something inside of my mind. And that's my whole thing on Instagram, truth in media, I capture these moments and I try to share them with people and point and be like, look, 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 right here, this is how they're twisting your mind. So I want you to kind of, because um, it was a video what I uh, saw, but I won't, I was wondering if you can kind of help us walk us through what happened, and maybe I can refresh your memory. It starts off with, um, the first one is um, a mentalist. Can you first explain to us what a mentalist is?
1: So if you look up the Google definition of a mentalist, you'll see there's several, and they try to tie that in with um, being a difference from magicians, but all mentalism all mental faculties essentially are the things that we use to create magic our very existence is magical right Right. and a mentalist is defined as somebody who is a performing artist who performs what is called mentalism and mentalists essentially are playing games with your mind they're using it your own mind against you right. and they're u- usually using your subconscious mind and not your conscious mind right because the conscious mind is the part of us that can critically assess information but it's really slow the subconscious mind is dominating the majority of it and so they know that and they will use your subconscious mind to basically make you think that they're intuitive and make you think that you've done certain things or didn't do certain things. And, um, if you've ever seen like a cold reader or anything like that, that pretends to be clairvoyant, but really what they're doing is asking you questions and getting you to reveal certain things in a particular way. Well, it, it's all to do with that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very tricky.
0: Yeah, it's very fascinating because you would think that these guys are like, uh, like you said, magicians or they know something extra that we don't. But no, what they've done is they figured out how you said how the subconscious mind works and they figured out methods and tricks and mechanics to kind of sort of poke at it. And like you said, they'll ask you questions so that you reveal a little bit, and then they'll use that information later down to kind of guide you to where they want you to go. So the first, the the video that you posted is uh, different cuts of different little experiments. And the first one was this mentalist is talking to this guy, and he's like basically just telling him a couple of things. He's giving him a little speech (laughs) he prepared. But if you're not paying attention, you're not capturing that he's basically implanting little ideas and little seeds in your mind so that later when he asks you a question, you actually give it out of any possible thing that you could have answered, you give him the answer that he wanted. And that blew my mind. Can you kind of tell us what happened here in this little interaction?
1: So the mentalist is Darren Brown. He is one of the best mentalists out there. And um, the the guy in the example is Simon Pegg, the popular actor. And... um, what mentalists do is, they're I've already said they're hacking the subconscious mind, and what they know is that the subconscious mind is uh, communicating to 60 trillion cells, 6 trillion commands per second, and they also know that the conscious mind can't really do very much. It can only take in 140 bits of information in a second. Mm-hmm. So, uh The conscious mind is basically what gives you free will. And 5% of your daily thinking and your actions are coming from the conscious mind. And the rest of the things that you do is coming from the subconscious. So that means that 95% of your entire day, you're running subconscious programs. Or if something's triggered in the subconscious, then you begin to run a particular... Uh, pattern of thinking or behaving, and it is done unknown to you. Because the biggest thing with human beings is that they believe that they're the only ones thinking inside their own head. The majority of people on this planet are actually living everybody else's life except for their own.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And mentalists are very skilled at psychology. They're very skilled at the latest developments in cognitive neuroscience. They're very skilled at hypnotherapy. And neurolinguistic programming. So, neurolinguistic programming is the technique that's being used on Simon Pegg in that first clip, where he's joining certain words together very quickly, mm-hmm. and uh, Simon Pegg's subconscious mind is interpreting other things right does that make sense
0: yeah it's it's kind of hard to say because you got to watch the video and then read the subtitles cuz when he says things you think he's saying a certain thing but he's actually like for example he says mm-hmm. bike a lot but it doesn't sound like bike it sounds like he's saying like or something else because you're not really right. processing it and then he's tapping the guy on his shoulder every time he says like a clue or special word that he wants to really hit the subconscious mind he's tapping the guy's shoulder and it's just yeah, fascinating... that's called
1: anchoring. Oh,
0: okay. Can you explain that? What is that?
1: Anchoring is when you use a particular trigger phrase or an emotion to to link certain things together in a person's subconscious mind.
0: Yeah. And man. the
1: subconscious mind only needs about two repetitions to take something in. So if you can get someone engaged in something and, and give them the right series of words put together, uh, then you can get them to do something really strange and they will completely think that they're the ones who are doing it.
0: Yeah, that's and, yeah, that's very scary it, it, because if you think you're running the show like you said most of the people are living a zombie life. They're just doing the regular old routine patterns. But it is that very small few people that actually go out of their way to to do something different or do something new. Okay. So, yeah,
1: anchoring is used all the time and in uh before we get into it all of the clips there's some level of anchoring that's being used to subconsciously control people. And it's kind of like classical conditioning Mm -hmm. because it relies on your own um, cognitive biases and your emotions about anything. And every thought behind it has some level of emotion to it, even if it doesn't seem that way. So if you can dictate a person's perception by using their emotions and their cognitive biases against them, then you can anchor them to just about anything. Right. And uh, if you notice in the clip, he's anchoring feelings of joy to the the bike. Right. And he's using hypnotic language to embed these commands into the actor.
0: Yeah, man, that's fascinating. It's like he's really he's really hijacking your mind. He's he's trailing you along a certain path that he wants you to come on. And it leads me to the second clip in that video. Um, it has something to do with this guy. He he gets these three influencers who are somewhat big, and uh, he brings them into this place, and he, what he's trying to do, he's trying to demonstrate and see if they think that they can be um, hacked or in a way, and they're like, no way, no way you can influence us. We're the influencers. And so he gives them these random items, and then he tells them to go to this other room. He has like a little warehouse where they have different uh, scenic places where you can take pictures. And he gives them various objects and he says, go and take as many pictures as you want with with whatever piece of thing that I gave you. It's an ice tray, I forgot what the other things were. But um, he he gives them various objects and he says, okay, go take pictures and try to take a picture that you think is gonna get a lot of um, views and a lot of traction on your social media accounts. So there's like five different scenarios and five different objects. And they all go take their pictures and stuff. And then they come back to the guy and he says, okay, I want y'all to go through all of your pictures and pick one and that y'all think it's gonna get the most traction and post it. And they all do it independently, right? And then he starts asking them questions like, do y'all really think y'all could be manipulated or not? And then it go, it, he's doing that thing that he, that guy in the first video did, that mentalist stuff. He's anchoring them to certain phrases with the ice tray, he's saying certain words, which I I realized this is word magic, what he's doing kind of in a way. Uh, It sounds like he's just talking, but he's doing some deep subliminal programming that, man, when you think about it, what the Druids were doing, we think that they were doing spells, like saying random words, but no, they were probably doing something like this, where they were talking to the people, but they were anchoring them in some way and implanting these ideas to the subconscious mind. And so come to find out, all these, He tells them, okay, pick that one picture and let me see what you have. And it turns out they all picked the same place with the same object. And then they're all like, what is going on? Could you describe kind of what happened in that interaction?
1: Well, he's using a neurolinguistic programming. And uh, for those who don't know what that is, neuro is the brain. Linguistic is the language that we use inside of our heads. And programming is exactly what it sounds like. The ways that we are trained to think, behave, and basically emote. And like I said, it's used to subconsciously control people, but the subconscious mind is a scanning device. And one of the biggest things that he used to get the outcome that he needed was to actually have the picture that he took in the background with everyone, right? And that's the reason why that's big is because if you're watching a movie and they want you to drink more coffee, or they want you to drink more alcohol, or they want you to believe that there's a virus, they will put that in the background.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And the subconscious mind is picking up all of that information. And the conscious mind isn't aware of any of that because it's too much frames per second on this flickering of the screen. Yes. But back to that guy, When he gave them a little peek at it, because the subconscious mind is a scanning device and the subconscious mind is also the mind of God in a lot of ways, where it will be able to pick up on every single thing that's in a room, even if you consciously don't know that something is there, the subconscious mind is going to know long before you do. And so when he gave them that peek, the subconscious minds of those three people actually registered that image Mm -hmm. and Prior to that peak, what did he do? He used the, the hypnotic language. Mm-hmm. And one of the techniques specifically that he used is called a non sequitur. So a non sequitur is a linguistic pattern which causes confusion. Anytime you put someone into a state of confusion, you got them. Because the mind is expecting a certain uh, congruency to, to statements and uh, to certain events. And what you're trying to do inside the mind is you're trying to apply logical or emotional reasoning to it. So when something happens that is outside of what you expect, then confusion is created and it makes it really easy to put in any command and the mind is experiencing that hypnotic state of trance. And the mind automatically uses a hypnotic state of trance, some brainwave shift in order to correct itself to process information so that you can understand what just happened. So when somebody's doing like what he did and they're saying, you know, complete word salad and it's things that sound meaningless or harmless, but he's saying it, his delivery is very meaningful. Then they're all kind of just watching and going into an alpha brainwave state because the mind is trying to figure out what's actually going on because of that confusion. And at that point of confusion, you can give that hypnotic command and it will be done in such a casual way that you will hardly be able to tell that something that was said was actually a command. So unless you know how to spot these linguistic patterns, you will be easily hypnotized by just about anything on TV or in music right and i've i even do that with clients i have a lot of clients that are resistant to doing their homework and instead of me trying to tell them what to do and getting frustrated because they don't want to do it and and uh getting into a verbal uh back and forth with somebody over something that they know they should do for their uh own well-being i just hack their subconscious so i'll use the (laughs) non-sequitur like a good example i hope he doesn't listen to this podcast but one of my clients was resisting and I waited until the end for when he was about to reschedule his session. And he wanted to have it two weeks from that date. And so what I did was I pulled out my calendar and I made him look at the calendar while I was doing it. And I said, Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Hmm, that's weird. It seems there's only thirteen days in this two-week period. And you saw his eyebrows raised because he got confused and he started looking at me like what the fuck? are you stupid <laughs> and that was when i got him so i just inserted the hypnotic command right after that point of confusion and i told him that he will do his homework by a particular day and he will email it to me and so said so true that's what he did a couple days later <laughs> he would had all his homework done wow. and he emailed it to me and i looked through it and sometimes you know that's that's why they're come into people like me who understand uh, hypnosis and stuff like that because they want to change but their subconscious mind is the thing that's limiting them so sometimes you have to get them to covertly do things (laughs) so that they reach that point of realization on their own and, and then like i'll never have to hypnotize him to do his homework again he will just know that he has to do it right yeah so in that uh clip that the show is called magic for humans and it's it was on Netflix as far as I know. They've got a YouTube channel and stuff. And uh that guy he does a lot of tricks on people. He's a, a skilled mentalist. There's other clips of him doing stuff to people in the street where he gets them to think that um a particular like basically he will ask them a question but in the body of the question he will implant the the answer. Sure. And they will say it back to him and they won't know that they get it.
0: Yeah, man. I love how you break it all down, brother. And yes, you exactly got to where I was trying to lead this little conversation to. You said, whatever they put on the TV in the background, and I love how you keep mentioning, guys, the subconscious mind is much more powerful than the conscious mind. It's like a robot. It, it takes in every piece of information and your conscious mind can only focus on a little narrow sliver of attention. But th- your subconscious mind It's like a supercomputer, it's seeing in, taking in everything and analyzing it. And so I love how you said that if you want people to believe in a virus, you just stick it in the background, put it in movies, repeat it so often that when later, when there comes a trigger point and you want them to act a certain way, you you release a spell. And I I love how you did that. How do you think that that ties in with everything that happened these past couple of years, the whole virus thing? How do you think that they, because I brought this up because this is exactly what they're doing in movies they're implanting all these things into your mind for, for certain reasons, for certain reasons down the road, they're going to trigger something to make you think a certain way. How do you think that ties in? I love how you broke it all down, brother.
1: You know, the television was invented for that very purpose. The music industry was invented for that very purpose and human beings, you know, I don't offend anybody, but I think I will go ahead and do it anyway. Human beings are pussies Mm -hmm. by nature. We don't want to have a tough moment inside our own head. So what human beings will do is avoid the conversations that are going inside their own head. And what will they do? Oh, I need to be entertained right now. Mm -hmm. So they'll turn on some music, they'll turn on a podcast, they'll turn on the TV or whatever it is to try to avoid feeling a momentary sensation Mm -hmm. because to them, it feels really bad, right? And the powers that shouldn't be, they know that. And so they use that against us at every turn. None of this was about entertainment, and it has always been about entrainment. Yes. Got it?
0: Yes. Yeah. Totally brother. I love how you broke it all down. And, uh, right. I, I screwed up the whole scheduling and I wanted to talk more with you and you said you had an hour, so I'm going to respect that, but I love how you broke it down. And guys, this is why I had this guy on because he knows a lot of people were waking up. We're realizing that the TV and all this stuff that they put in front of us is not for entertainment. Like he just said, isn't kind of entrapment. They're putting you in their own world, in the world that they want to, to create. And, uh, us by not paying attention and researching and learning and really knowing ourselves, we're allowing all this to continue. So thank you, uh, brother for being on Jahan. Um, I love you. Um, maybe we can schedule something else down the road, but I love how you, Yeah, well, you down.
1: don't have to, you don't have to run off right now. I can actually go for about another 30 minutes or so.
0: Okay. That's great. That's great. Um, yeah, I love how you tied it all down with all that stuff. And then I guess the last part I wanted to talk about on that video is, um, it kind of it makes even better sense because they have this guy he comes on the show America's Got Talent and he's also a, a mentalist and it's crazy how he messes with their mind before he comes on the show he has a video that he prepared and it's using this linguistic knowledge and power and programming but not only that he's also using symbolism and he places little things across the scenes which, like, like you said, Jahan, the people are not noticing these things. There are little things in the background that you, you, your conscious mind is not noticing. But your subconscious mind, in a split second, took all that in and is processing it. So can you walk us down this, this last guy who does this um, thing on Americans Got Talent?
1: Yeah, that guy is another genius. Because everything that he is doing is based on symbols, right. symbolism. And The reason for that is because the language of the subconscious is images and symbols Does that make sense?
0: Yeah signs and symbols rule the world. That's Confucius said
1: Absolutely, and that's exactly what he meant. He was trying to tell us but you know, of course people Don't really get that even when it says that in the Bible People think that it's going to be physical signs like they think that You know Sirius rising or something is a sign of the biblical end of times, but that's not it What they're actually telling you is that these people use symbolism to hack your subconscious mind. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, you know, we we so easily miss those things. And so, uh, the best way for me to go about this is to talk about what happened to the audience at home who also drew that same thing. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they bring that up on the screen at the end of the clip. Right. And they all draw on the sun. So, if yeah, you're let let me explain you're here. watching.
0: Sorry, let me let, let cut in and explain. What The guy, he comes on and he has everyone have a piece of paper and a pen and he says, I want y'all guys to draw whatever it is and don't show me and uh, at the end of the show, we'll come back and we'll see what you drew. And like you said, they all drew the same thing. So, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so I, what I to, in order to get that across, I have to explain this because for anybody that's listening to this, that they're a conspiracy theorist or a truther or whatever they identify as... A lot of people who are in the truth community, they, they just kind of look at me and they don't want to take me seriously because they believe that they know everything already. And so they just kind of go, yeah, 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 MK Ultra, whatever, and move on. They try to like brush it under the rug as though they've already spent 10 years of their life studying this from somehow. And so yeah. that's really not the case. It's a lot of things that you have to put together right. with how the brain works. And so it isn't MK Ultra. it's just the subconscious mind is under attack all the time. MK MKUltra is a little bit different to just a regular old, you know, you turn on a song and there's hypnotic commands in it because they're trying to target everyone. MKUltra is more about creating compartments in someone's mind to get them to execute particular behaviors and personalities. Right. Right. So there's a lot more that goes into that kind of hypnosis than just this. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, The brain is always cycling through these different brainwave states every single day and it's about seven hours in the waking state that you're actually shifting into alpha brainwave state but there are other states so there's delta which is deep sleep there's theta which is light sleep and it's like a dreamlike state then alpha is relaxation in a conversation you and i are in beta which is high functioning activity which means we're actually trying to critically comprehend what we're saying to each other. And I think it's three hours at night that you're in REM cycle or something like that, that you are in the deepest brainwave state. And then the reason why the brain goes into these brainwave states is because, again, the conscious mind can only do so much and it's very hard for the brain to keep up with all of the stimuli. So, you know, just driving down the road the reason why you go into a hypnotic trance and you transition to alpha brainwave state is because all of these things are zipping by you really quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of input to the mind. And so that's the reason why you'll take the route that you do to work. And you'll get there and you'll be like, holy crap, I've been driving for 20 minutes. Right, yeah. I don't remember doing this. I don't remember taking that turn at this intersection, all of that, right? Yes. So the brain's trying to help you not have a series of mini strokes by going into the alpha brainwave state throughout the day. So when you are in alpha brainwave state, you are more suggestible because you're transitioning out of the logical brainwave state and the television is designed specifically to do this. And, um, what happens is the frontal lobe is bypassed within 90 seconds. And the frontal lobe is a very important part of the brain because that is where the prefrontal cortex is located. Now, prefrontal cortex is literally the location of your consciousness. It's that energy that animates you, that connects you to God and connects you to other people. And it's also responsible for your sense of morality. It's responsible for your impulse control. It's responsible for your concept of spirituality. And it's uh, very integral in future thinking and critical analysis. So it is literally the decision-making part of the brain. Right. And because this frontal lobe gets shut off within 90 seconds of looking at any screen, then what happens is that when you're watching a movie or you're scrolling through facebook or instagram the brain is trying to process all of this information so rapidly but they can't do that without uh shutting off the prefrontal cortex so with that section of your brain being completely deactivated it simulates an alternate reality It's what gives you that feeling of getting lost in a movie, or when you mindlessly scroll and time just disappears. It's because it deactivates that prefrontal cortex, and this part of the mind is sorry. This part of the brain is so powerful that, if I think it was like five thousand movie watchers uh, went to a particular experiment and. 82% of them actually misinterpreted what they had just watched. (laughs) Right? And the reason for that is because the prefrontal cortex is shut off. So when that is deactivated, even if you are disagreeing with the information that you're being presented with, you're completely blindly accepting input into your brain that you cannot override. Right, right. And so when things have so much power over your brain like that it's easy to just insert anything into your brain and um because the tv is putting you into this hypnotic state and you're essentially being hypnotized look at the number of times that in that clip the guy had the sun
0: in every and he scene. also
1: used it
0: was in every Sorry?
1: Scene. it was in every scene it was in every scene from the very beginning, right. but he also used color programming as well. So when he's holding the Rubik's cube, what colors is he flicking through? Yellow and blue, right? right? Yeah. Now, where have we seen yellow and blue used recently? Oh,
0: it's crazy. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you know, but it was <laughs> also put on right right during the whole COVID thing. The main colors were blue and yellow, which led to the Ukraine exactly. thing. Exactly.
1: Right. Exactly. And so, not only is he hypnotizing people to draw the image of a son at home he's also working very covertly to trigger dormant programming yes and the colors are used to trigger dormant programming if you notice everything with all of the agendas it's the use of yellow and blue right and in politics what colors do they use blue and red
0: right yeah
1: So you will often see those colors being used a lot to elicit certain uh, responses. Yeah, it's the brainwashing isn't limited to MK Ultra or MK Naomi or whatever it is. It's it can be in other forms too. Like people can just walk right up to you, and if they're skilled, do exactly what those guys are doing to you. You know, Mm -hmm. subconscious mind is always the target.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, And guys, if you don't think they have people like this, like at the main TV stations or the people that broadcast everything that's happening, you're naive, man. They have sorcerers. Basically, these people who like know the mind, they're basically kind of druids. They're these guys who have mastered the ways of the mind. They know how to play us like a guitar, essentially. And it's crazy, because if you don't have your guard up and you don't really read the symbols, because like, like we said, signs and symbols rule the world, not laws or degrees. It's not the things people say, it's the things that they hide in the background. And like you said, there's dormant programs in all of us. That's why it's very important to not, I love that you don't watch any TV. And the only reason I do it is kinda to help people come out of that days that TV puts you in. Like you said, as, as soon as you watch TV, It's kind of like that hypnotist putting that clock around your face waving it and you go into that hypnotic trance and like you said all that information is just pouring into your subconscious mind and it's taking it all in and it's it's all a cold kind of dark stuff that you don't really want in there and that's where the best things come from in life or not from tv and stuff but like doing actual things in your life going to the beach spending time with your family learning researching playing music like you Jahan. and um yeah, it's just beautiful, and it's insane how they're, they have these people doing this stuff to, to the majority of people because we, everyone wants to say it's the elite that are causing all these problems. They're creating the world that they want, and we are actually the ones that are bringing it about by us believing it and, and accepting the things that they show us. And if it wasn't for that, we would be in a whole different world. So as we come to a close, Jahan, I always like to close with something positive. Do you have a positive note or message that you would like, like to lead the audience with?
1: Well, you see, the reason why I speak about these topics, it isn't to cause people to isolate themselves and to give up the things that they think they really love, like music and movies and things like that. Sure, if you want to continue on that path, go ahead. But it's kind of like being in a war. You can't win a war if you're getting riddled with bullets, can you? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to tell everybody, listen, I'm giving you the information so that you can empower yourself because without the without the information that you need to spot the signs, you are not empowered. You're not in a position of freedom. And as long as you are consuming all of the things that essentially are the programming mechanisms of the elite, then you are living their reality and you're not living your own reality. Mm-hmm. So the more you... Uh, withdraw from these kinds of things and you stop putting the chemicals in your body via bad food and alcohol and coffee and those kinds of things and sugar, all of that stuff. And the more you cut TV out of your uh, day-to-day activities and the more you cut down on listening to popular music, which is full of uh, hypnotic commands to help you carry out the agenda, then the more likely you are to get accustomed to being with yourself you get to really love yourself and appreciate other people too and then you realize that you know what i don't need any of this stuff to be who i am at the core which is pure consciousness uh using this body as an expression for consciousness and to express love in so many different ways you know you can you say whatever you want to say about um spirituality and all these kinds of things, but the reason why the world is in the state that it is in isn't necessarily because things are being done to us against our will, it's that we choose. Yes. We choose to have these things projected onto us. We choose to participate in these narratives and you have the power to create your own world and your own reality and that's why they do it, because they know that they themselves inherently aren't very creative right. and they need us to act out their reality for them. And as long as we are participating in that life, then what are we doing? We're creating more of the things that hurt us and are creating a dystopian um, world for the children that are following us. Mm -hmm. So you you gotta think, you know, do I actually want love? Do I actually want peace? Do I actually want joy? And if you say you want those things, you have to retract. And give yourself the best chance because, you know, the kids are watching. The kids need us. I'm very focused on kids because it, I, we think the attack is on us, but the attack is really on the kids. Yes, yes,
0: yeah, that's so true. I just actually posted something about that uh, today. And I love it, brother. Amen to all that you said. I love it. I I just wish there's more people. And we are. I think in the end of the day, we are going to win. It's just it's a slow a slow fight, but it's like. Um, uh david and the giant it seems impossible but with god's help we we will win at the end
1: it's going to be an ongoing type battle because uh the reason why they're moving so quickly is because they know that they have a certain set of people in a precarious position and they want to draw more people into that it's actually a much smaller number of people participating in this than it seems but because of the perception factor involved in social media and TV and stuff like that people actually automatically think that things are worse than they really are yeah. and they panic
0: yeah.
1: yeah and we need to get in control of our minds so that we can see that this is what's happening and we don't all freak out and go into panic mode and then start pushing against each other because we do need each other at this time you know a problem I have with the truth community is there's all this uh talk about the vaccinated and stuff like that but you know maybe they'll never wake up maybe this is something that they're choosing for themselves and we have to learn to see that and still be there to give them help when they need it because a lot of these people are going to lose their children to this they're going to lose people that they love because of this they will end up uh with autoimmune diseases or dead or you know, crippled or something, and they'll need our help. So the less time we spend calling them stupid, and the more time we get into solution mode and actually reach out and look past the fact that the choices that they're making are extremely stupid and realize that they're being programmed and that at one point or another in our own lives, we have been programmed. We can take the power back because these people, these beings, the powers that shouldn't be, they're doing everything that they can as quickly as they can because they know their time is running out. They know that the level of consciousness on the planet is being lifted at a very quick rate, and they know that it's not going to be very long before they no longer have a foot to stand on. And this is kind of, you know, I, I like to say... People are always talking about narcissists this, narcissist that, but go and look at any list of narcissistic traits on any meme on the internet and then look at your government and you will see exactly what's going on there. So they know they have to go on massive smear campaigns about everything that's going on in the truth community and everything that is uh, real, like love and joy and peace and happiness, and you know being there for your neighbor regardless of what they believe in. And they're taking advantage of all these differences. It's about disunity. Yes. So we got to unplug.
0: Yes, amen, brother. And I, I, there's that reminded me back when, um, right before COVID started, remember the, the protest in Hong Kong and how big it was? And there was protest all around the world. It seems like the collective consciousness was realizing that Governments are antiquated and then comes in COVID and tries to shut everyone down in their house. But like now that it's kind of going away, you're seeing the protests everywhere. The farmers in Dut- in, in Amsterdam, uh, Sri Lanka just collapsed. I think uh, some country in South America, maybe you could help me, is collapsing or just collapsed. It's happening all around the world. And it's just a matter of speaking the truth and it, it'll all come to light. Eventually the truth will win. So-
1: Absolutely.
0: Thank you, brother. So we for... got
1: to keep speaking the truth, man.
0: Yes, sir. And I love what you do. Y'all, please, guys, go check out uh, Jahan and uh, his, I'm going to put all his info on the show notes, but um, go to his Instagram and he has this link there and he has a whole bunch of links and uh, a bunch of good, interesting stuff. Go to his coaching classes, um, learn about yourself, and he's going to hijack your brain for the good, No, I love how you did. You, yeah. <laughs> use those tricks against the guy, but for good, for a good thing, instead of how they do on TV for bad, negative stuff you you woke yeah, up. yeah and
1: just to just to let everybody know like he really has done the majority of the work himself and he's had some profound shifts to where there were certain things going on in his life that he couldn't get together and certain things in his relationship that uh he was causing pain between him and his partner and now that's all done and dusted and he's moved on in a matter of weeks that's so awesome. it's incredible the amount of good things that can happen in your life just by allowing yourself to get help you know and if you want to find me you can go to my website jahansator.com j-e-h-a-n-s-a-t-t-a-u-r or you can email me at j-e-h-a-n-t-w-s-a-t-t-a-u-r at gmail Sator at gmail.com you can also like uh you said i know you put the links in there you can uh find me on telegram too at t.me the boundless authenticity podcast
0: cool cool send me all those links brother i'll make sure to add them and um you said you played music did you record anything
1: yeah i've got plenty of music uh that that i've tinkered with throughout the pandemic cool Um, cool
0: uh do do you have a song maybe that can kind of encapsulate this whole theme we talked about today I could put if I have in. a
1: song we can by me, I don't know. <laughs> okay,
0: I'll find something then. I usually put, put a song that has to do with the theme. But um, thank you, brother, so much for coming on. I hope we can do it again. And y'all, please, guys, go check him out. Get your brain hijacked by Jahan instead of the TV. <laughs> okay, guys, so as we come to a close, I'll pick a song later after I get off with Jahan. But remember, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. Alright guys, so after we got off uh, Jehan went ahead and sent me a song, one of his songs that he made, it's called uh, Tear Me Apart, and I guess his band is titled Worlds Not Gray, it's all one word, so World S Not Gray, and um, he told me that this song is about current events that are happening around the world, and that it's worded like it's a woman causing problems. So um, I really had a great time talking to Jehan. I hope we can talk again. And uh, this is Tear Me Apart by Worlds Not Gray.